Elvis, 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 The movie's called Spin Out, and it feels like we're spinning out because this thing is all over the place. There is so much going on, folks. There's a song in this movie called Smorgasbord, and this is truly an Elvis smorgasbord. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Welcome back to Elvis Has Left the Movies. Hi. Thank you for joining us again. We really appreciate you tuning in. We don't say so often enough because I'm a jealous bitch. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, thanks. That's so Morgan, and I'm Matt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you keep. Sh- it's like you guys like being abused or something, you know. <laughs> so, like Matt said, today we're watching Spin Out. It's a weird movie. Elvis movie number twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two. The last film from nineteen sixty-six. The third of the three. Yeah. Last movie, 1966, and it's going to be 1967. That's how that works. Can you fucking believe it? There will be more movies in 1967. There will be three movies in 67, three movies in 68, and lastly, three movies in 69. Every time they make three... (laughs) 69. Every time they make three movies in a row, they're always disappointing. Like, so far, all of the times that he's made three movies in a row, he just looks so tired and exhausted and not having a good time anymore do you know what i mean maybe you know what I, mean? I felt yeah. like he was looking better in this one that he did in paradise of wine style but i don't know if that was because i watched that one Could last be. night whereas this one i watched this one first thing in the morning i wonder too though if that just isn't the afterglow of elvis in hawaii because like we said last Could episode be. elvis seems to really dig hawaii like he seems to hawaii suits elvis and every time he comes back from hawaii he seems to kind of like be pumped up a little bit more Maybe that's what the deal is between him and Colonel Tom Parker. Mr. Parker is always just like, oh, Elvis is looking a little rough around the edges. Why don't you send him to do a movie in Hawaii and spruce him up a bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks okay in this one. He looks uh, well styled in this one, I will say. Mm-hmm. I noticed that some of the styling is back to the old classic Elvis attire. Make it some, make it some We're fresh back games. back at the- MGM. Yeah and yeah we're back i've got with... some in- i've got some exciting news did you know because you watched okay. this movie today spin out yep i sure did and i watched this movie today yep and as we are recording this right now it is october 17th yeah and that's the exact date 55 years ago that this movie came out wow october 17th so we're like 1966 we're like critics but we're just like 55 years later critics. yes if we had gone opening day to see it this is what wow. we would get we would be like the hell was that (laughs) (laughs) what did i just watch yeah it's a strange movie i don't like it okay when i said that there's a song in here called smorgasbord that is true and i mentioned that this movie is like a smorgasbord because here's what we get we get too much we get a rock band just like girl happy we get race car driving just like viva las vegas yeah we get a trio of ladies ending up with their respective bows at the end and elvis breaks the fourth wall just like gi blues yep we got that dude from Tickle Me. We got like, it's like, they just. It's just too much. So many. It's too much. They put it in a giant pot and they blended it up and it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, the pool location where he sings that one song yeah. is the same location as Jailhouse Rock. Oh, that's interesting. So we're going even all the way far back as that. Weird. And just for good measure, because it's Norman Torog, we had to pepper in a hefty dose of fucking sexism and misogyny for you. There's so much gross shit in this movie towards the women. It just makes me so angry. 
There's a lot of touching in this movie that I disapprove of. Yes. Get your hands off those women. What's the matter with you? There was a part where I was like, oh, this is kind of sweet. And then I went immediately like, oh, yes, great. You ruined it, movie. Yeah. Thanks. You ruined it, weirdos. So before we get it, so this is the third and final time that Elvis plays Mike. Good. So he was Mike Wingren, he was Mike Edwards, and now he's Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy. Which I one's think the... Mike McCoy goes higher up on the list, for sure. I don't know. As much as we were just yeah. make, making fun of alliteration last week, I think it, there's something about it that just sounds nice, and that's why the people use yeah. it. Yeah. And it also sounds more showboaty, right? Like, whenever you use alliteration, you're always thinking in the back of your head, oh, this is a fake name that somebody made for stage or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. You know? So what's the plot? <laughs> Band singer slash race car driver Mike McCoy must choose between marrying a beautiful rich girl and driving her father's car in a prestigious race. That's what IMDb says. I'm like, that's not exactly... That's not exactly... Once again, I mean, to be fair, I got to sympathize with whoever has to, like, summarize this film because, like I said, yeah, there's how too many things. Yeah, because how can you possibly summarize it, right? There's, f there's three ladies in this movie, yes. and each of them are vying for the affections of Elvis through one route or another. And it all gets resolved by all of them pairing off with their respective bows, like you said before. This is the only refreshing thing about this movie. Is I was yeah, like, I, I was, actually, yeah. he doesn't end up with any of them. He just says, no, I want to be single forever. That's my character. Yeah. I'm not going to change. And he doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful and everything. And he talks to the audience. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. I do. That was really weird. That was the point in the movie where I, I literally stopped and was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I don't understand what's like, happening. Is he talking right at me? Oh my God, he is. is that, yeah. Are you talking it. to me, Elvis? Yeah, yeah, I was like, cut it out. And then he kisses all the... Uh, it's just... <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, right? So uh, so the end of the... No, we'll just do it. The okay. end of the fucking movie, Elvis doesn't want to be with any of these women, so he officiates the marriage between each of these women and their respective bows. Yeah. And before he does that, he sticks his fucking tongue in their mouth. <laughs> That's weird, right? Mm -hmm. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but for Christ's sake, imagine you're marrying a girl and Elvis Presley makes out with her in front of you and then is like, good luck, chum. <laughs> this one's yours now. That's weird, right? It's super weird. Also, not that I have anything against, you know, group shenanigans, but it's a little gross to like kiss three girls in a row. Like, you know, maybe they didn't want to kiss that other girl by kissing you. Maybe they just wanted to just kiss you. You know, there wasn't any, like, agreement about that. That made me uncomfortable. Mm. It would be different if they were, like, all standing around, like, wanting to kiss Elvis. But they don't. They want to kiss their fucking husbands. It's weird. This might, is this the most smooching we've had in one Elvis movie? Yeah, I think so. It's possible. I think so. We'll have to see. There's a lot of smooching in this movie. Yeah. Like, he kisses a lot of ladies. Well, a lot. he kisses these ladies a lot. Yes. You know? There's a fourth, and there's, like, the wild card. There's the fourth lady that he ends up with, but not as, like, they're married. He j She just takes over as the drummer for the band. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because she earlier says, like, no, I never want to get married. He's like, oh, you're my kind of gal. I also don't want to do that. So Yeah. Or, no, she says, like, I'll get married when I'm, like, 50. And he's like, yeah, cool. We're on the same page. So he's okay with that chick. Yeah. Okay. This is Norman Torog. He's back. This is movie number six out of nine. Three more to go. Jesus. Including Speedway, the other race car driving movie. Yeah. Norman Torog. Can we, we don't have to talk about Norman Torog. We already know he's... Yes. Like I said, the only big reveal there. I'll do about Norman Torog is at the end when we're done with his last film. And I will mention that his early accolades okay. and how far he fell because he was so late into his career. Wow. But he did some okay. stuff that was good in the beginning yeah. when he was a young man. Anyways, you're going to love 
our cinematographer. Oh, I bet. I can tell. Okay, what Did is Did you it? recognize his name in the opening credits? Probably not. Um, No, I was a little checked out. It's a little dude named Daniel L. Fapp. <laughs> does it have two peepees? It does. He's back, so... He did fun in Alcapoco. <laughs> he's done this movie, and he's got uh, one more to go. So we'll okay. see him later. But is he with his buddy Seaman or not? No, those guys did not do the same movie together. You just, oh. in your mind, you made up this connection that did not exist. They should be. <laughs> Good segue, though, because I will talk about the writers, the actual writers that worked on this movie. Mm, okay. New dudes. We haven't had them before. Fresh meat. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Theodore J. Flicker. That's a sad name. Flicker? Yeah. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's just God. I, I bet that kid got made fun of. So we got we got Fap and we got Flicker in one movie. So that's <laughs> well, I was maybe. just gonna say. You said it, Matt. I, yeah, I, I beat you to it. it. Yeah, yeah. I know what <laughs> you think. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was the co-creator of the television program Barney Miller, right? Which lasted for eight seasons, 170 episodes, from 1975 to 1982. It took place at a. It was a sitcom set in like a New York City police precinct mm-hmm. uh and other than being a writer he was also a director oh. and he wrote and directed the 1978 movie jacob tutu meets the hooded fang oh crazy which is based off of the 75 book from mordecai richler yeah yeah so if you live in canada you will have seen this movie right jacob tutu is is big in canada i guess he's kind of like our littlest prince he's i don't know he, He's pretty synonymous among, especially millennials. Um, we grew up reading his books, Jacob Tutu and mm-hmm. the Hooded Fang, right? We grew up reading the books, which were picture books at the time. And um, and then it got made into a movie, which we all used to make fun of each other well, for. Well, like, actually, it's been time. made into a movie twice. You might have seen the 99 version. This is the 78 yes, that's version. The one, yeah, that's the one I've seen was the 99 version. And then... Like 10 years after the 99 version, they made an animated TV series about it. Yeah, which and it lasted was a really, quite a while. Huh? And everybody in Ontario who has seen this TV series remembers the TV series because the dad's voice is the voice for the Leon Furniture Salesman advertisements. And anytime Leon's Furniture had a sale, it was that guy and his voice. And so we used to tune in on Teletoon. And watch it and be like, this is bizarre. He was also the voice of Sam in Sam and Max, the, based off the video game series. Ah, I see. So that's Theodore J. Flicker. And the other writer is George Kurgo. Mm. He was an author and humorist. <laughs> yeah. George Kurgo. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that's better than the man so nice. Yeah, I'm waiting. I know there's more people who have first names for last names. You'll never get rid of me. Just like the flying nun. So we were talking about uh, like stock car racing movies becoming a thing in the 60s. Yeah. They're taking over beach party movies. Yeah. Or just racing in general. People loved cars. Why did that happen? I don't know. Why did that happen? These are just Was the fads. Like, did racing just get popular in the like 60s and Apparently 70s so. Because he did. He was the writer of a movie called Redline 7000. From 1965. Interesting. But, like I said, he was also a humorist and author, and he actually had a pretty long run in the late 50s into the 60s as like a talk show guest because he was just like really engaging. Right. Okay. His second book is great. Yeah. His second book was called, here's the full title, How to Write 10 Different Bestsellers Now in Your Spare Time and Become the First Author on Your Block Unless There's an Author Already Living on Your Block, in which case you'll become the second author on your block, and that's okay too, and other stories. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's great because on the cover of the book too, it gets up to unless, and then it says 
rest the title on back and then you have to like flip the time and page the book oh, over to get... that's fun yeah that's fun i love a good joke mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the book covers it's it's a good time yeah breaking the fourth wall then here are the alternate titles okay so this will make it extra funny that you keep confusing spin out with, uh, with speedway, speedway because one yeah. of the alternate titles was raceway so we almost had a movie oh. called raceway and speedway which would have been and that much speedway. more close yeah i would have totally yeah i would have failed so gloriously alternately because spin out is the title track but there was another song in this movie called never say yes and they almost went with that as the title oh okay but also apparently allegedly allegedly they were considering going with the title never say no which is not okay it's the exact opposite it's weird so strange okay so that's the writer and the director and the cinematographer cinematographer. anybody else that we want to mention no, I think I'm good. Okay, so we'll talk about, do you want to start with the music or the cast members? Which one do you want to do? We have quite a few cast members, but there's smaller parts and I can probably get to them pretty quick. Okay. Why do we always have to do the, the little people in the background? You know, Because usually they're just... the most interesting. It's true. Not in the movie, so. but like outside of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who plays in this movie? Number one, Elvis so, Presley. Who yes. is he? Where did he come from? Why is he doing movies? <laughs> Where does he come from? I don't know. You always say, oh, he's from Kentucky when he's not from Kentucky. (laughs) Elvis is from Kentucky in my heart. I don't know where Kentucky is or what it looks like, but that's where Elvis is from. I imagine it's in the shape of Elvis's head. Ooh, I'm going to check on a map. Shape of Kentucky. Um, It doesn't really look like Elvis, so never mind. Isn't he from like Florida or something? Nope. You want to go through, you want to start naming all the states until you get it right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I remember he's from somewhere like strange. Uh, Idaho? <laughs> no. Uh, Alabama? No, but he is from the South. Texas? No. Georgia? No. Um, Nevada? No. <laughs> um, I don't know what the Southern states are. It's a great game. Indianapolis? No. <laughs> Um, at Vermont, Vermont's not from the south. Hold on a sec. Uh, I don't know what the southern places. Where is Elvis from? We're not gonna keep any of this. Where is he from? He was born uh-huh. in Tupelo, Mississippi. Oh. And moved to Memphis, Tennessee. To oh, that was close. He he lived in Tennessee, which is right beside Kentucky, though. Like he's been to Kentucky. I think you should keep this bit in. So, who is in the movie, and why do we care? Well, I know you like Shelley Fabray. She's back. You liked yeah. her in Girl Happy. I and did. I told you that she was the lead in three movies, and you were like, and oh, I good. I didn't recognize her. I didn't recognize her in this No, one. you confused her with the drummer the of their head. band. Yeah. yeah. Who we've not had in any Elvis movie, and this is our only Elvis movie. Yeah. If anything- I I recognize her because guess what? She was in Beach Blanket Bingo, the movie I watched because for the beach party. <laughs> no, I couldn't recognize her because in the in Girl Happy, she's a lovely brunette, and in one of these in this movie, she's either the blonde or the the dark dark brunette. And I she's can't the tell rich girl. One. She's the daughter. Oh. Yeah, she's, she's uh, kind sweet. of similar, and she's got the hair doing its thing again. Yeah, it's it's similar. She plays a similar character to a very like sweet daddy, girl, daddy. you know? Yeah, yeah. No, Daddy. I'm in love with him, Daddy. A bit more snobbish in this. Daddy, And they no. play into that. And yeah. Yeah, they do play it up a little bit. There's some... Okay. 
This movie is weird. We've talked about that. Yeah, it's a fucking weird movie. When you open a movie with your leads kind of like flirting while driving and then she just runs them off the road. Yeah. And doesn't understand why he's so angry. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, anyway, see you and, around. And then drives and, off. And his response to that is, I'm going to spank you until your butt looks as red as your car. That is the line that he says. Yeah. Fucking weird thing to say. Now we know why our parents are so messed up. <laughs> they had to they had to grow up, watch this shit and think it was normal to speak to each other like that. So Shelley Fabray plays Cynthia Foxhugh. Yeah, that's a nice name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, this is Elvis movie two out of three. That's all I'll say for now. We can talk about her more okay. next time. All right. Then we have the author character, the, the blonde who is, she's following Elvis for the first few <laughs> yeah. minutes she, and she she's has got like, binoculars and we're like, what's going on? Yeah. What's her deal? Every time she shows up on screen, she gets a weird French sounding musical motif too. And so when she finally shows up and she's not French, it's really confusing. I don't know. Uh, it was for me. They, they just wanted like something really that sounded like interesting, I guess. I guess, yeah. So she That's plays, weird. she's Diane why, McBain. Why was she stalking him again? I will I get into remember. that in a second. So, yeah. so she's Diane McBain and she plays the character of Diana St. Clair, yeah. who is an author who is following Elvis because she's doing research on her newest book. Here are her previous two works that she name drops that Elvis hasn't heard. But then there's like a running gag where like every time she meets a new male character, he's like, oh, so you wrote that book. And then she's like, yes. Anyways, <laughs> so she wrote a book called 10 Ways to Trap a Bachelor. Okay. And then she wrote another book called The Mating Habits of the Single Male. That's so weird. And the one she's currently working on is The Perfect American Male. And she tells Elvis that she's already written about like doctors and athletes. And now he's the perfect male. I don't know. It's so stupid. It's really weird. And she's just like very forward like, I'm going to marry you, Elvis. You're the one. Yeah. And that's pretty much what every girl is is doing in this movie. It is kind of weird, right? Like she creeps out of the bushes with a literal pair of binoculars and then shows up and she's like, well, Elvis, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you and I are getting fucking married today. And he's like, "Mm, um, I'm a little uncomfortable. And she's like, good. (laughs) It's really weird. Hey, you, you, okay, tell us about the drummer lady because I have some fucking things to say about her character. Okay, so Elvis is part of a band once again. They're a quartet, just like in Girl Happy because, you know, the mm-hmm. Beatles are still a thing. So once again, we're still yeah. kind of like, hey, check it out. Oh, do you remember the name of the band? Well, not not the band, sorry, but I don't know if you noticed in the credits, the background music to Elvis is actually done by a band in this movie. Mm. The, the the Julian Ayres, the Julian Oh no, the Jordan Ayres are his regular backing Jordan vocal Ayers. dudes. They've they've worked with oh. him since the beginning. Oh. I thought I was gonna be so cool. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be so cool. Instead you've revealed once again that you lack paying attention. Because <laughs> I think they are credited in most movies as the background vocalists. We specifically brought them up because they dubbed over the black artists no. in Viva Las no. Vegas. Anyway, drummer girl is dumb dumb. <laughs> I like the actress, and at first I was like, I "Oh, do, cool, a female yeah. drummer," and I was hoping. But then, I why did, was I hoping? Why would I think that this was not going to end I know. terribly? I know. So she's, I, you know, yes. the part where it got me. She's the drummer of the band, which is so fucking integral to the band. And what happens at the end of their show is that they all pack up, and Elvis is like, "Hey, can you pack my shit up for me?" lady and she's like he calls her buddy all the time yeah she's like sure elvis i'd love to and that's just stupid and dumb and then they all like go into the woods because they're poor i guess and that's where they live and they're like 
No, no, no. Yeah, they just... say that they are on, on purpose. They choose to live and they say like gypsies. Oh, God. They say that. Oh, God. I missed that part. Anyway, yeah. the point is after the show and ever, they're like, oh, I'm hungry. And she's like, I'll just cook everything for us. And it's like, it's just, I get the gender rules were really, you know, vigorous back then, but it's just so shitty to watch sometimes when I'm like, she's because she's the girl she's doing the cooking like really come on get it together she she literally has the heaviest instrument in the fucking band she has to pack that shit up herself plus elvis's shit and then she goes and makes like a four course meal for the she's guys. like a gourmet cook who knows all this fancy yeah, culinary stuff yeah. which is fine i get that they wanted that to be like part of her character or whatever but like it's not a good look i was really surprised because i was watching the when i was watching the movie i was like i swear to fucking god if the next scene of this after they finish dinner is of them like playing a game of cards while she does the dishes i'm gonna lose my mind and luckily they didn't do that they slopped it off to what's that idiot guy you know those two dudes that are in alice in wonderland they're stupid as shit tweedledee and tweedledum yeah tweedledee and tweedledum yeah those two fucking guys well surprise surprise because they're in this movie too and suck one of them's called larry the other one's called curly so we're just missing mo we could have had the three stooges in this movie (laughs) jesus yeah anyway they didn't do that and they ended up making a like not that but still the rest of her treatment in this movie like the cop character smacking her ass it's weird i was see when they first had their little meet cute i was like oh good she's gonna end up with this cop character and he seems like a nice dude and then yeah the next time he shows up smacks her on the butt and i went damn it dude you blew it yeah keep your hands off of her unless i have a big sign on me that says please spank my butt you know don't do it and even then you know it pays to double check. Like It pays to be like, hey, I noticed you have this giant sign on you that says, please spank my ass. Would you mind if, if like, should I, can I spank your ass? And they'd be like, no. <laughs> you know, like, come on, man. So her character is Les. And at one point she reveals that that is not short for Leslie, but is in fact short for Lester. Yeah. Because like, there's the running thing where she's like, I'm a girl, not a guy. I'm a girl. And our she two gets dressed up in a pretty dress. Yeah, they have the inevitable makeover thing where she walks yeah. out, and then Elvis is sort of like, "Whoa, my god!" Yeah. When she was obviously a catch from the beginning. Yeah. You idiots. Yeah, isn't enough that she's a fucking drummer that's supporting the entire fucking band with her skill. It isn't enough that she's fucking keeping the rest of you chumps alive by feeding your dumbasses each night. She's not worth a goddamn dime until she puts on a red dress, bastards. Okay, let's move over to a positive. The scene where they're setting up their camp is pretty delightful. Yeah. It's all set to the music in the background. And they've got like these weird little circular tents that they just like, whoop, they just like pop up. Yeah, they pop up. Into place. And then they bring in like a candelabra for the little picnic table. And then they're just like, it's all synchronized and they make chocolate mousse. Yeah, I I did like the like, um, the kind of... uh, Camaraderie. The community? No, like it, it was a little too over the top, right? It was like, okay, the candelabra comes out. Can't you know, be pleased. Yeah. Morgan just yeah, can't be right? pleased. No, I, I actually didn't like this scene very much. It was fine, but I didn't like it very much because I did find it a little too goofy, kind of a little too Scooby-Doo, you know? It's just like, especially after, like it was just, she's cooking. She's cooking. And I'm like, why? Why did, why did this have to, this scene didn't have to be here except that they had to have her cooking. It's just, all right, all right. It's not a bad scene. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> Let's move on. So the other girl, 
Susan. Yes. Who only gets introduced in like the last half, like the last third of the movie real quickly. Yeah. Because there's just like a 10, 15 minute long go-go dancing party thing that just keeps going. Yeah. I'm like, is this going to be the rest of the movie? Because then, then in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, they got to do a race. When are they going to get to yeah. the race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The go-go dancing did go on for quite a while. That's the way you felt while watching Viva Las Vegas. That's the way I was feeling this time around where I was like, yeah. I'm like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, like, you are going to have racing in your race car movie, <laughs> right? Um, okay. And uh, so Dodie Marshall plays Susan. Yes. Uh, she's only got seven credits. Oh. Including one more Elvis movie. Not a lot. It's not a lot considering that she was actually kind of good. Yeah, I think she. I think it's one of those cases where this is her first time showing up, but she's got one more Elvis movie, and I think they're going to give her more to do. She might even be the lead. They I might see. bump her up to, like, lead status next time, hopefully. We'll see. I see. Yeah, we jumped around a bit. So wait, yeah. Shelley Fabray, Cynthia, yep. Diane McBain is Diana. Oh, wait, I didn't mention what she did. So the author who's writing her book, she played Annie in 1967's Thunder Alley, which is another one of those race car movies. Weird. Because like I said, they were just doing these now. I think I've heard of Thunder Alley before. Possible. Yeah. And then Dodie Marshall is Susan. Doesn't get a last name. She's just Susan. So the three bandmates, we've already talked about Deborah Wally as Les. Yep. She played Bonnie in Beach Blanket Bingo. In that movie, she's like the skydiving instructor. Oh. She's super cool. Neat. So I'm just like, wow, way to just freaking waste her in this thing. Yeah. I think so, because I, I really liked her in uh, Girl Happy. She wasn't Girl Happy. Oh. Well, what one was she in? This is the only one that she's in. Ah, oh, I'm thinking about the wrong girl again. I'm You're thinking sorry. It, yep. They put too many girls in this movie, okay? <laughs> sorry. It's not. No, it's well, it's not. <laughs> but I was gonna just try to make you feel better by saying it was okay. But it's absolutely not. Like, oh my god, get it together. <laughs> okay, keep going. How many more movies we gotta do? Nine. Okay, I think we get there. <laughs> De- <laughs> Deborah Wally plays less. She was Bonnie in Beach Blanket Bingo. Jack Mullaney. It's our boy Jack Mullaney. Right. From Tickle Me, he's back. Yep. This time he mm-hmm. plays Curly. He's pretty much the yeah. exact same character. I hate him. The third dude is the only holdover from Girl Happy who's all, who was a bandmate in Girl Happy and he's back to being bandmate here. Right. So you could almost, just like we were trying to figure out the logistics of Paradise Wine Style being like a weird sequel. Yeah, is it? This is one is also sequel? like almost a sequel to Girl Happy, but like he just changed some of the band members around, but kept the yeah, one dude. It's really strange. So yeah, Jimmy Hawkins played Doc in Girl Happy, and he plays Larry in this one. And him and Shelley Fabray, of course, plays Cynthia, they were both in the Donna Reed show. Okay. Which is relevant because the guy who plays Cynthia's dad was also her dad in that show. Oh. They took a lot of cast members from the Donna Reed show. Strange. There's a sitcom which ran from 58 to 66, eight seasons, 275 episodes. Hmm. And this will probably interest you. It was one of the first sitcoms to focus on the mother as the main character. Oh, that's interesting. Because it was it's the Donna Reed show, and so Donna Reed was the star. She played Donna Stone, I think. They, you know, they, I love that's one of my favorite sitcom things is they take like a famous actor and they keep the same first name, but then they just throw a yeah. different. It's like it's like these Elvis movies where if, if he was just called like Elvis, but then like a different last name, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Donna I think Reed it would make more sense in Elvis's case to call him presley but have his first name always be different sure yeah i think that would make more sense but yeah donna reed plays donna stone and then carl betts who played howard fox hugh he played mr stone and then his daughter was played by shelly fabray so yeah Hmm. it's like a little so they've played father daughter before is the point 
Okay. We did the girls. Yes. We did the dad. We did the dad. So now let's move on to the, the, yes, we have a trio. Well, the dad is part of that trio. Yeah. There's the trio of ladies. They get the trio of, so yeah, let's just link them up now. So yeah. Howard Fox Hugh, that character ends up with Diana St. Clair, the author at the end. Yep. The cop, Lieutenant Tracy Richards, he's the one who ends up with Deborah Wally's character, Les. Yes. He's played by Will Hutchins. He's got one more Elvis movie he's going to be in. Also, the same year as this movie, he was in the Western The Shooting Mm. with Jack Nicholson and Millie Perkins. Mm. Millie Perkins, of course, co-starred with Elvis in Wild in the Country. She was the uh, Betty Lee character there. Ah, I see. Then, And then the last guy was... Philip Short. Right. So he's the personal assistant to the dad, Mr. Foxhue. Mm-hmm. There's a running thing where if he gets too excited or anything flustered, he just faints. And then they're just like, yeah. oh my God, this guy is fighting. And he's always got like freaking smelling salts in his pockets. Like it's always, it's happened yeah. so often. They just, anyways, he's played by Warren Berlinger, who was also in the movie Thunder Alley from 1967. Huh. He played Eddie in that. I see. So yeah, Philip ends up with Cynthia. Mr. Foxhue ends up with the author. And Lieutenant Tracy Richards, the cop, ends up with the drummer, Les. That is how this whole thing ends up. They'll wrap it in a bow. They didn't need three of them, you know? They could have done it, like, they could have just used, they could have just had one lady, and it would have been fine. comedy comes in threes, and this movie was hilarious. No, it was not. It was (laughs) bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've... I'm fighting you on trying to find positives because you keep spinning it out. But here's here's the thing. He's spinning it out. Oh, I see what I did there. I <laughs> that was totally unintentional. Let's talk about the elderly couple that Elvis helps. Okay. You can't tell me that this was not just nice and wholesome and that they didn't no, ruin it, it in any which way. No, it was. It was It was really sweet. So at one point, they... Also, Elvis gets just played the entire movie because they know his character is super st- stubborn yeah. so they want to keep him in town so in order to keep him in town they hire the cop to come in and tell him to get out of town because oh. they know that it's like everyone is just using reverse psychology and poor uh mike mccoy here is just like so dense he doesn't get that he's being played at every turn but i i like elvis playing the big dumb himbo is my favorite archetype of elvis but you didn't when like follow playing... that dream that much no and that was the most himbo he's ever himboed yeah but I can't remember what happens. In, oh, yeah. That movie just had a little bit too much, like, too much appetizers and not enough steak in that movie. Too many fancy potatoes, too many, like, glazed yams and whatever. It was like, no, you just need you just need a steak. And you didn't let the steak shine through because you're all concerned about all this other nonsense about twins and babies and families and toilets that go you know it's all nonsense you don't need any of it just let elvis trip over some things just let him bonk his hand let him hide the champagne in his pocket that's what he's good at play a little game called hide the champagne in the pocket (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so there's so about this elderly couple yeah right i'm setting up because we've we're not even bothering yes. going through the plot so this, this is what <laughs> happens when we don't do that is that i now have to go back and give context to these things oh so it's fine they're gonna run elvis out of town and he goes oh they want me out of town then i'm gonna make sure to stay in town when that's exactly what yes. they want he's playing right into their hands yeah. and he goes so far as to be like they want me i'm gonna stay in town so much i'm actually gonna move in next door to these people yeah it's gonna be right next so yeah he just next scene it just without any setup he just waltzes in yeah the butler's like, uh, can I help you? And he's like, oh, I'm Mike McCoy. I'm, I'm here. Well, I, it's a surprise. And he's like, uh, okay. And then he just walks up to this elderly couple that are sitting across from each other at this table. 
And they're like, oh, hello, young man. Who are you? And he's just like, oh, hi, I'm Mike McCoy. Uh, by the way, sir, do, do, would you mind? Are, he's like, is that your wife sitting across from you? And he's like, uh, yes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that young lady, really? And he's like, and she's like, oh, thank you, young man. And he's like, and that's your, that's your husband? And he's like, I don't know. You guys both seem uncertain about that. I mean, when you were looking at each other, did you really see each other like you used to look at each other? And this, does this whole <laughs> spiel. Yeah. And, and then, then the poor little yeah. wife is like, no, it's been a long time since I've seen my husband in that kind of manner. Yeah. And the husband's like, Millie, what do you mean? Her name's not Millie. But you know. It's Violet. And she's like, well, it's just ever since you went back to work for father's company, things have been different. Blah, 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 blah. Right. right. It was long cute. story short, then, it is then, cute. Now, yeah. Everything with yeah. them, they play completely wholesome and it's very delightful. Yeah, it is. Because at first you're like, what is he doing? What's Where's this going? But then he's just like... Yeah. Here's here's a guaranteed way to to reignite your passions, folks. Yeah. You should go on a second honeymoon. And they're like, Yeah. Okay. Oh, and that then he's so nice. And yeah. then he packs them into like his old his cool fancy old car that he owns. He gives it to them yeah. to have to go on their honeymoon. And they just leave. And meanwhile, they're like, Okay, you stick around and you can house it for us. And so then he gets that's yeah. how he gets the house. It's yeah. so convoluted, but it's also like Weird the nicest setup, part of the movie. But it was really sweet, yeah. Nice so both of those treat people nicely. Actors are yeah. Academy Award nominees. Oh. Yes. So for the, this movie. Yeah, it's amazing, the one. isn't it, folks? Yeah. <laughs> Finally happened. No. So we got so the, they're the Ranleys are their last name. So we got Bernard Ranley. He's played by Cecil Kellaway. Yeah. He was Oscar nominated twice for Best Supporting Actor, once for the 1948 movie The Luck of the Irish. Mm-hmm. And then he was nominated again in 1967, so a year after this movie, for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh. Yeah. Who's Coming to Dinner? I'm not going to ding dang that with anything. <laughs> What's the other lady? What did she do? The other lady is Violet Ranley. She's played by Una Merkel. Yeah. She, That's an interesting name. It is. Is that German? I didn't look. It sounds like it. Una Merkel? Sounds I mean, German. I've yeah. I'm not going to make assumptions, but it does sound probably. Okay. Point is, she had a long, long career. This is actually her final film. She didn't. Oh. She she retired pretty much after this. Okay. But she played uh, Verbena, the housekeeper in The Parent Trap in 1961. Mm-hmm. And that same year, she was. This is when she got her Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress in the 1961 movie Summer and Smoke, mm. which we briefly brought up when we did our girls 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 episode because there's a part in girls 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 where they're outside of a theater and there's movie posters and there's movie posters for blue hawaii yeah right we pointed out that there's posters for elvis's movie in this elvis movie but the other poster that was right next to it was a poster for summer and smoke oh weird because the, the, both those movies had come out in 1961 oh interesting and here's the coolest thing okay she played sam spade's secretary effie in the original <gasps> no the original 1931 version of the maltese falcon so not the humphrey bogart version but the original version i don't know if wow. you knew that there was actually a, i didn't know that there was a, a one before that i knew 1931 i yeah. know about the radio show because i watched the radio show religiously yeah that's cool so she's the secretary yeah, effie. immediately she's a winner in my book yeah effie Pering. yes yeah so both and then they show up again at the end for the big race uh, and they're like, oh, thank you so much for doing this yeah. favor to us. Yeah, and then he's going to take, I, I was really hoping that he was, they were going to commit to him like jumping into the old car and racing that. But then they're like, oh, I guess if we had known he was going to borrow it back, we would have refueled. And so it immediately just like runs out of gas. Oh. And he has to get another car instead. I see. Because man, could you imagine that thing tearing down and there's like. That would have been a lot of fun. That would have been fun. But yeah. this movie doesn't want to have fun. It wants yeah. to no, keep Norman disappointing Tarr us. No, Norman doesn't want us to have fun. He <laughs> wants us to spend our fucking money on his dumb fucking movies. <laughs> Sorry. I just hate him. I hate him so much. 
I'm going to literally print out a poster of this man and throw darts into his eyeballs for target practice. That's a reasonable thing that someone with a level head would do. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is Morgan's Joker origin story. <laughs> what happened yeah, to you? Like... <laughs> I watched all 31 Elvis movies. And... <laughs> I go out on town killing anybody that watches B movies. Like, what would be my victim archetype? Famous movie execs? I don't know. Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. That's my final answer. <laughs> That's it for the actors. Okay. Let's do the factoids first before we get to the songs so that we'll have okay. done those already. They'll be out of the way. All right. So some of these I've already mentioned. Third and final film that Elvis plays Mike. Uh, Carl Betts and Shelley Fibre had played father and daughter in the Don Riccio. Got that, got that. Okay, here's... So you like cars to an extent, right? Yeah. My favorite car is the Thunderbird. Do you want to hear something cool about these cars? Yeah, let's hear it. Because they look good, by the way. Yeah, there's some sweet rides. So Yeah, some nice cars in this movie. Elv- Elvis's white car, his main vehicle, mm-hmm. is a Cobra. Oh, very cool. Cobras are very cool cars. Yes. Just so you guys know, Cobras are like, I think they're known for having like balls to the walls engines. Their engines are so, so friggin' cool. The Cobra was designed and brought to life by Carol Shelby who was most recently played by Matt Damon in the movie Ford vs. Ferrari. Oh, interesting. Because he worked for Ford Motor Company and developed. So yeah. he came up with the Cobra, and he also came up with the Mustang. Oh, very So we can cool. thank him for that. Yeah. yeah. The Cobra was super cool, and everyone loved it. Yeah. So that's the one that Elvis drives. But the Fox 5, the gold car, the one that the whole movie, um, Mr. Fox Hughes' whole goal is to have him drive his car. Elvis ha- have yeah. him, Elvis drive his car to like for publicity's sake and stuff and because it's cool. That car is a Bill Thomas Cheetah. Oh. Which in real life was designed and created to compete directly with the Cobra. Oh, that's so interesting. That's neat. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And then it didn't really work out. Like, I mean, it was there, but then they had to like halt production because they changed the like hmm. mass production rules where they had to make a certain amount and they couldn't afford it or something. It was like a whole thing. There's right. a lot of weird history. Right. Yeah. I only scratch the surface. If you're like a big car person, you're probably like, yeah. man, you're butchering it, Matt. And I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, I'm don't, almost- Yeah, don't add us. We're artists, okay? Like, we <laughs> literally work. We don't know anything about machines or like sports or whatever. The hockey puck goes in the net, the oil goes in the car, and it goes broom, broom. Oh, well, now, what did, did I, man, when I wrote down these notes, apparently the Fox 5 was actually a McLaren Elva. Oh. So maybe there was another car that was the Cheetah okay. that just wasn't featured as prominently. Tell us below in the comments. That would make sense because the cheetah was extremely rare and obviously they wouldn't actually be driving it. So maybe they just had it in the background or something. Oh, I see. Because they go, like, they're going through like bales of hay and stuff near the it end. Is, so yeah, yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. A lot of stunts. Car stunts. A lot of cars stuck in rivers and shit. More interesting, like Elvis meeting people on movie sets. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. President, Allegedly. President Lyndon B. Johnson's daughter visited the set to meet Elvis during this movie's production. Oh, weird. I already mentioned that the pool scene location in- It's from a Jailhouse Rock. It's the same one yes. where he sings You're So Square in Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. I like paused it and was like trying to find pictures, but obviously like it's been, you know, many years and they probably re- redressed the set. It looks like the same pool. Yeah. It could be. There's the same kind of steps and stuff, so- who I'll knows? take their word for it. Yeah. Then again, the last time I trusted one of these facts that said he would never be shirtless again, he was shirtless in Paradise Wine style. So, yeah, so what? what's that, Matt? What's up with your fact checking? Come on, Matt. I can this? only go with what the internet tells me, and apparently on the internet was wrong on that one. <laughs> Matt, you can't believe everything you hear on the internet. 
Swife just learned. <laughs> we get another cheeky reference to one of his past hit songs when they're at the picnic table and then this dog pops up. Yeah. Deborah Wally's like, what the heck? Is that some kind of prehistoric beast? It's a hound dog. And they didn't even, he just goes, no, it's, it's, a, it's just, it's a hound dog. But I thought he was going to be like, literally just say like, ain't nothing but a hound dog. Like if you're going to do that, at least. Yeah, do it. Commit. Do it, right? Yeah. But no, he just goes like, it, oh, it's, it's it. just a hound dog and kind of gives everyone a little we talked about how Harem Scarum was included in the Golden Turkey Awards book. Right. But those writers, yeah. prior to writing that book, they wrote a book called The 50 Worst Films of All Time, parenthesis, and how they got that way in 1978. <laughs> and this film was included. Oh, that's good. Well, people have had contention with this. Like, yes, it's not a good movie, but yeah. is it the... It's, yeah. When Harem Scarum is right there, why didn't they just... Like, it feels like their second book was like almost a second draft of this book right where they kind of fix because a lot of people had here's some other movies that were included in this book the original 1976 the omen oh isn't that a good movie yes yes it is i know that it might not have gotten a big reception this was only two years after it came out when it's but it's like it's a good movie though it's not a bad movie it's it's really interesting it stars your favorite gregory peck so yeah it's a great movie yeah i love gregory peck and this one really shows they play their hand here because they included yeah. the 1961 French film Last Year at Marion Bad, which is just like a classic art house thing. Right. Yeah. And you can say, no, that movie's dumb. But like, I think probably they were getting confused about what a good movie was. Maybe. I think so. Because I think what they did was they were just being very broad because apparently they just took to cover entire genres. They just picked one movie. Right. So like they're like, this is the worst black exploitation movie. And they just pick some random one. Right. And everyone's like, the hell are you guys talking about? So this yeah. is when it came to Elvis, they just out of a hat, they're like, uh, spin out, spin out's the worst one. And they just went with that. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm not going to fault them too much for that because literally I could take 75% of these movies, chuck them into a hat, pull one out, say it's the worst fucking movie that I've ever seen. And I probably wouldn't be wrong. Okay. They, now let's just lazy. Yeah. finish off with music. Wait, before we get to okay. that. All right. Here's another thing that I think is pretty good. Okay. It's a okay gag that was properly shot and executed. Okay. So around the pool scene, the big beach party, but it's at the pool, the big pool party dance club that he turns the, the this the, the house that he, dancing. yeah, the house that he's like house sitting for. He just brings his, well, that's the thing is yeah. his bandmates, they keep trying to figure out like, oh, how do we get his mind off of these ladies? We'll just drown him in ladies. We'll just bring as many ladies yeah. as possible. Yeah. Anyways. So we do, he turns around and there's the reveal of Cynthia there. And she's like, I'm going to marry you. And then she kissed him and he keeps hearing church bells or like the church organ. Wedding bells, yeah. And then she like finishes the kiss and she's like, gonna get you. And then she walks away and he's like, mm. he does a little yeah. like, oh God. Then he turns around and immediately bumps into the author and she's like, yeah. I can she's do like, better than I that. I can do better than that. Yeah. And we do this the sound again. It's a thing. You like the gag? It's competent filmmaking. Yeah. It's doing what it's trying to do on purpose. Yeah. Unlike I a agree. lot of the stuff. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, wait. And then I think my favorite delivery of, of the line is the dad, Mr. Foxhue. He's talking to his assistant, Philip, at one part. And he's talking about how the, they're going to give up the prize money for the race. He's going to be like 10000 for this place. And, and Philip's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a lot. And he goes, Philip, are you a millionaire? No? Then shut up and keep writing. <laughs> yeah. I did like that. Like he just said it so, exactly like that. So matter of factly. And I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. I did like the 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 dad's like manner. Yeah, maybe like 
it, yeah, like the actor did a good job. It's a weird dynamic with him and his daughter, but it kind of, but I mean, yeah. like I said, they had been on a sitcom together, so I guess they had really honed that, so they kind of, they worked well. I guess so. I liked the way that he spoke, um... I like the way he simped for the blonde. Yeah, he's like, you need, you don't want Elvis. You want someone more mature who understands your intellectual side. I really liked that. I liked that he sat down and he was like, hey, I know you. You're that girl who wrote all the books. And she's like, oh, yes, I am. So anyway, about this hot stud and he's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I read your books. And in one of your books, you said you sleep naked. And that's like totally fucking hot. And she's like, oh, th- thank you. And he's like, I think you're so fucking smart. And she's like, oh, you know, thank you. And he's like, like, why do you want to hang out with this dumb asshole? I'm like way better. I could like totally like do you or whatever. And she's like, oh, uh, oh that's very nice. <laughs> I just like he just simps so fucking hard for he's like, oh my god, I'm so into it. And it's it really all fun. works out. I liked it. Yeah, I like to see the men grovel. You know. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. Also, last note before we get to the songs. Yeah. So when he's singing, this, when the drummer pops out after having done her makeover to look all beautiful, he's still finishing singing a song. Yeah. And he starts like trailing off because he's like, oh. Yeah. And he said, near the end, he just goes, I forget what the, he, yeah, it's like, take the dish I please. But he goes like, take the please I dish. Uh, and he goes like, oh. <laughs> like you hear it, Elvis yeah. is like on the track laughing a bit. Yeah. But they kept it in. And it doesn't yeah. n- sync with his mouth because obviously he's not actually singing. But it's just a weird, yeah. like it, I caught that. And I was like, nice. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, let's get to the songs. How many would you say were in this movie? 13. No. Much less, no, not much less, but less than last time, last week. Seven. A little bit higher. Nine. Nine, exactly. You did it. Okay. <laughs> Those songs are Spin Out. Bad. The title oh, track. sorry. Yeah. Which, once again, they bring it, that's the one that they, they repeat, comes back. Yeah. Then we have Stop, Look, and Listen. Yeah. This is when we introduce the band as they're playing a gig. They do two back-to-back. They do Stop, Look, and Listen, and then they do Adam and Evil. Yeah. I did notice that the songs were a little more like cohesive in this movie than they were in Paradise Hawaiian style. I think because they seemed to be going for that like go-go vibe. It's like I said, right? it's pretty much girl happy 2.0. Yeah, there was a there was a vibe check in this movie is all I'm trying to say. Yes, I'll agree. There's a vibe. And then we move on to All That I Am, which is all oh, right, we didn't point out that they even take in some I don't know if this was on purpose or if the, but like the plot point of the dad forcing Elvis to perform for his daughter's birthday. Yeah. When we established that that happened in real life, except he refused. And that's why he got banned from Mexico. Remember? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did find that like really interesting. I'm like, oh, this is like that thing that he didn't want to do. Super weird. doing it. Um, So that's where he, yeah, he sings a little ballad. He goes, all that I am. Yeah. Then we have... Never Say Yes, which I said was going to be one of the alternate titles. Weird. Mm-hmm. Then we have Am I Ready? Then we have Beach Shack, which is the Beach yeah. Shack, baby, Beach Shack. Be- That's what Beach I wish shack. it was. If only it was Love Shack, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. The ending of that one, too, has another weird visual gag where there's the tent that literally says Beach Shack, like on the tent, and he shoves all the girls in there, and then a, and then a bunch of dudes' heads pop out from all different angles. That's really weird. Oh, you really, I, I miss that. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. I get the feeling that probably a lot of people are like, Morgan, did you even watch these movies? And I did. I swear to you, God, I sat down and I watched these movies. It's just that I'm actually a dumb, dumb bimbo and I cannot retain my attention 
on a lot of these movies for more than like 20 minutes. So 20 minutes will hit and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. Oh, I'm going to make myself some popcorn. Oh, I'm going to draw my sketchbook. Oh, Elvis is singing a song again. I can't remember what the song is. <laughs> it's hard. So two more. There's there's the Smorgasbord, which I made a big, made a big deal about because yeah, yeah. he has a song in this movie called Smorgasbord. Yeah. It's strange. Which is about him singing. He's like, I don't care if a lady's tall or short. There's all kinds of ladies. Dumb. It's weird. Like, what do you... I don't then... Know. No, no, no. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. The last song is I'll Be Back. I'll Be Back. <laughs> I'll Be Back. Yeah. The beach shack is that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Morgan is doing the thing <laughs> where she's she's making her bicep. She's, she's pointing. Yeah. She's doing... Pointing to the beach shack. Except my biceps are really tiny, so it just looks like I'm... Anyway, those are the songs. Oh, wait. One more good okay. line delivery. All right. I'm looking back on my little bullet points. So at the beginning, they, they do their song, and they get backstage, and this is where you were all very upset because the drummer was doing all the work. But while she's doing that, Elvis bumps into this like groupie, and she's like, oh, there you are, and she like kisses him. Yeah. And he goes like, well, yeah, I'll see you around, baby. And then he bumps into the dad, and he goes, sorry, baby, <laughs> uh, sir. <laughs> yeah. I did like that. And that's, yeah, that's when the dad's like, hey, I want you to drive my car and, and yeah. uh, don't marry my daughter, though. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. <laughs> it's weird. Other than the cop slapping her butt, everything else with them, I was like really like on board with this. Yeah. Because he was like, it. oh, he, he tastes her food. Was super into his her food. Yeah. He was he was also a chef himself and was like, hey, you want to like, let's cook together. I'll, I'll cook some food for you. You can try my recipes, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like that was fun. That was nice. Why did he have to hit her? <laughs> you know, why does it have to be like that? I don't know. I just, I just, I don't like to watch these movies and see all the the hands-on touching that happens between men and women to begin with. Because there was a time in, in, in fucking history when it was just normal for men to have their fucking hands on women all the time. If they were getting up from their seat, they had to put their hands on them. If they were sitting down in the car, they had to put their hands on them. Going into a a room, coming out of a building, walking down the street, they've always got to be touching them. Always. Leading them, grabbing them, tugging them, blah, 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 blah. It's exhausting to look at. And then the cherry on top is just watching them get spanked by people that, like, and they just have to sit there and be like, uh, what a bad guy for spanking me. Why would you do that? And then they just go back to being friends. Like, it's totally cool. I hate it. Blech. Gross. Make me feel icky. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I want to, yeah, I guess we're going to wrap things up. just want to go back to that ending. Because I don't want us to, like, breeze past the fact that it ends with <laughs> the three dudes confronting Elvis. And they go, okay, Elvis, who are you going to choose? Who are you going to marry? And then Elvis's narration comes in. And he goes, and guess what? I married all three of them. No, 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 no. It, it was more like this. They said, which one are you going to marry? And he's like, well, I guess I'll marry all three of them. And then the camera cuts and he looks at the camera and says, and that's exactly what I did. And then it shows him officiating the weddings. Right, right, right. It's bizarre. And then he continues and he's like, so that's right, folks. I'm still single, but whatever. And he's just like talking to the audience. It's <laughs> yeah, really weird. he's just talking to the camera. It's really strange. I do like those those kinds of jokes. 
And um, normally I'm a lot more receptive to them. I was just really done with this movie by the end of it. So when it came, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I was mad. I was like, come on. Yeah, we're not going to get it. But if they just had a whole movie that was just like Ferris Bueller. Oh, that would be so funny, you know? But it was Elvis? Yeah. Yeah. He would be, just keep looking funny. and be like, can you believe this? <laughs> yeah. Where's the show Fleabag, but it's Elvis? <laughs> come on. You know? Yeah. We know he loves to pull goofy faces anyways. Why yeah, do it? and he's good at it. Oh, well. Do we have any shout-outs this time? Any Twitter shout-outs? Uh, yeah, actually, we do have. We have some Twitter shout-outs. So just recently on the Paradise Wine Style tweet, like for the episode, we had a user named Marcus Yodel from Germany Ooh. who sent us a message. Uh, and actually, it was, very, it was very wholesome. It was very nice. He said, here's the soundtrack to your journey. All movie songs of Elvis on Spotify. And he linked us a Spotify playlist he did of every Elvis oh, wow. song from the movies. Yeah. Holy jeez. And the most important part, he said, hold on. You're almost there. Love your podcast. Greetings from Germany. And I was just like, <laughs> honestly, oh, that's the motivation we that's need. That's so lovely. I know. Thank you so much. My gosh. I Our fan base is, is pretty cool. And if, in case you're wondering that. That Spotify playlist. So it has every single soundtrack compiled together. That's amazing. And then, so that's taking into account that some tracks were on the soundtrack, but not in the movie, but that some of the ones that were in the movie were not included on the soundtrack. So it kind of balances out. Right. All to say, it's 245 songs. My God. How much playtime? Eight hours and 30 minutes on the dot. <laughs> so if you have eight and a half hours that's to spare. amazing. That's like my whole work day. I could just have that whole playlist going on the whole Holy time. Holy jeez. That's insane. Yeah. So thank you, Marcus. 10 out of 10. Yes. Thank you, Marcus. We'll see you at the finish line. <laughs> and then the second uh, shout out is for Des Whitmore, who uh, replied for Frankie and Johnny. Right. Because I, I put up my collage of all the different outfits he's wearing. Yeah. And Des Whitmore replied with, I don't see any bulges here. <laughs> thank you, Des Whitmore, for checking. <laughs> so yeah. We did the due diligence. We, we did ask. We yeah, did the we same did thing, ask. and yeah, you couldn't find it. We couldn't find it. All right, it. so zero confirmation that Elvis's bulge was too bulgy for this movie. So that's one yet one more thing to add onto the pile of facts that uh, the internet lied to you about, Matt. As far as we know. As far as we know. That's right, Matt. It's You're 100% right. There's absolutely room for more. That would require much more like frame-by-frame frame analysis, and that's just too much. That's too... <laughs> that is too much. Even though Frank and Johnny cool. is, for the most part, all right. Yeah, it's not bad. I think Frank and Johnny is better than both Spin Out and Paradise of Wine style, so... I agree. Yeah, I agree. I like it. I like it more than I like these ones anyway. There we go. We're, we're already starting to like moderately rank things in our head. Yeah. Because they're all going to have to go into a certain order once we get to them. Well, so let's wrap it up. Okay. Thank you guys so much for joining us in this week's podcast. We appreciate all of your viewership and engagement. It means a lot to us. Um, we will be tuning in next week Wait, to watch. I got to bring this up. This is important because... Okay. So we established when we watched Viva Las Vegas. Then that was also just kind of a mistake, but we're just rolling with it. That We're going by production order and not release order. Yeah. Because, of course, Kissing Cousins, as it turned out, had actually come out before Viva Las Vegas. But we're like, yeah. screw that. We're doing Viva Las Vegas because that was produced first, and then we did Kissing Cousins. And this is the second instance of that coming up. It'll happen one more time after this. Yeah. So instead of doing Easy Come, Easy Go next week, we're doing Double Trouble. Okay. And then we're doing Easy Come, Easy Go. Okay. But really, at this point, it really doesn't matter because they're so interchangeable anyways. It sure doesn't, Matt, but we appreciate it. Yes. So we are at Elvis Has Left Pod on Twitter. And you can also like us on Facebook, which is at Elvis Has Left the Movies. And you can follow us on Podbean as well. And, and Spotify. We love you so and much. And Spotify. All the different Spotify. podcasting. 
platforms. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you very much. much.